0: listen yet <whistles> no. Hey, hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another brand new episode of Sherm in the Booth. I'm, of course, your host, Sherm. Today is Wednesday, December 4th, 2019. This is episode 92092. It's insane. We're closing in on a new year once again, but that just means we got to finish it off strong together, starting with this episode. Now, This one means a lot to me for many, many different reasons. Not only did this guy come in a few weeks ago and headline a Lavender Group event at Ceree's Rooftop, he also is one of my biggest inspirations. He's from the same hometown as me, a little place called Zionsville, Indiana, and even though it's not so small anymore, it's incredible to see Topher Jones, a.k.a. King Arthur, rise to a worldwide scale in the electronic music community. I remember thinking to myself a few years ago, if he can do it, so can I, and to put him on as a headliner in an event in Chicago and interview him before and have everything come full circle means so much to me. But enough about me guys, let's talk about King Arthur, he is one of the most incredibly talented DJ producers in the game right now and has quite the resume. He has been supported by some of the biggest DJs in the world including the Chainsmokers and Don Diablo, he's had record releases on Martin Garry's stamped label, Tieso's musical Freedom, he's played the Tomorrowland main stage and he's got his own record label coming out as well. Now, I'm going to let him give you his story, but I have to say it is incredible to see how hard this guy has worked to get to where he is at now, and I know this is only the beginning for him. It is my genuine honor to have him on for this episode, so without further ado, guys, let's get into it right now. Episode 92 with King Arthur. Well, we're here at the Virgin Hotels at upstairs with someone that I have a lot of respect for, King Arthur. Thank you. Sofer, thanks so much for making some time, man. Thank you for I having me. I just want to start off by saying how much um, inspiration you've given me, mm. just to follow your dream. I mean, we started off by saying it, but we're from the same hometown, yep. Zionsville, Indiana. What's up? The Z, There's baby. There's going to be a lot of Zionsville people that watch this, for sure. Literally, you know, I had some people text me today because they saw that King Arthur was playing. I had Danny Gray text me. I think, come on, me. I had it backwards. I think this is, yeah, there we go. I think that's the that looks crazy. Good. There we go. See that, people? Yeah, sorry, I was doing it. <laughs> it's okay. No yep. one signs anymore. Yep. But yeah, I don't. <laughs> you still support, though. But uh, I, just the feedback when people saw that you were coming mm. to Chicago and I was on the same lineup, it like, really, really came full circle um, for me. I mean, I've been following you since the Tilford Jones days, yep. and we'll get into that. But uh, again, I just want to say I, I know how much work you put in, maybe even actually only half of how much work you put yep. in. But to see your journey. I mean, it's really incredible. Thank you. I appreciate that. And you got Thanks great music. I have all of your tracks on my USB. I won't play That's these good. tonight, I promise. Thank, <laughs> Thank, you. Uh, Thank you. It just it works so well, man, from a DJ's perspective, too, in like any sort of environment. Cool. Do you make your music with kind of a vision in mind? Like, this is going to be a good festival track, this is going to be a good beach track, or are you just making what comes to mind? I think it depends on the
1: track. Mm-hmm. I mean, you, you sometimes you'll have like a very distinct vision of, this is what mm-hmm. I want to make other times you start somewhere and it goes a totally different direction yep um, yeah but it definitely is a record-by-record record thing I'm no, yeah. I never, I I don't consistently happen to be like I'm gonna make this song today and then I right. go and I make it it's like right. like yeah I want to make something kind of in this area hmm and you can make that happen you need to have some sort of parameter mm-hmm. uh, to you know kind of fit into but yeah, absolutely it's never like, hey, my tracks gonna have one, two, three, four, five, seven, nine, 10, <laughs> and this is what it's gonna sound like Yeah. yeah. And it just never t- seems to turn out that
0: way. There's no creativity involved when it's like that, too.
1: No, I mean, I, it's just music's just really funny because you you hear things in your head, and you try and bring them to life, mm-hmm. and when you do that, it just it It's very rarely does it sound exactly, does it turn out exactly like it sounds in your head. And mm-hmm. So there's some sort of process that. Mm-hmm happens where the, the idea kind of morphs Yeah. in that and um, but yeah I, I I am very much a hey I need to make some more stuff in this world Yeah. for my sets or let's do something a little bit different that's a little bit change of pace mm-hmm. so I, I'll think like that but yeah. it, it very much really is like I'm going to make this record today and because right. if you do like you're, it, <laughs> it gets really tough because you're, you're beating idea. yourself up because yeah. it's hard to make something great every day, and then when you give yourself a really narrow lane to go down, Mm
0: -hmm. it uh, it can be tricky. True. Now, when it comes to kind of sticking along a sound that you mean, like, Rave in the 90s is not the same as right now or praise you, you know? No. So, I guess when I think about it, when I'm trying to make music, I want to define what the Sherm sound is. Mm. Since you have such a wide variety of music and what your skill set is, does that really come into play when you're like, I don't know if this is King Arthur sound? know what I mean yeah I get what you're saying I think it's I think
1: there's a difference of like a a different generation so yeah starting next month yeah actually for Christmas next month I've had turntables for 20 years oh my god which is crazy to think about so I've been DJing well over half my life and so Mm -hmm. where people are nowadays it's very I'm an artist Mm -hmm. or this is who I am as a producer Mm -hmm. I'm gonna go and DJ around that okay Okay. Whereas I come from a an era where you didn't have to make music to be a really successful DJ. Yeah. And you learn it's a totally different skill set of DJing, how to read a crowd, mm-hmm. build the room, the whole thing, mm-hmm. and playing the right record next. Right. Not oh, I have to play this record because it's mine, or mm-hmm. I have a pre-recorded set, a pre-programmed set, or anything. Right. And so as a producer, this could be a good thing or a bad thing depending on who you ask. Mm-hmm. I have a lot more. Space to work with, than a lot of people give themselves nowadays right. as artists because, yeah. they're like, this is who I am. It's like, oh, that's cool, yeah. I'm this, yeah. <laughs> and you know, it might not sound like you know, some people you hear their record, like, oh, that's so and so every time, mm-hmm. which is cool, yeah, for a few years, yeah. And then after a few years, everyone gets really bored of that sound. Yeah. So, I think it's also really dangerous to make yourself fit into like a very narrow lane, that's true, unless you become the superstar of that genre, yeah. I think it's really tough. Yeah, you pigeonhole yourself. Uh, but there is something cool about being very recognizable. when people yeah. hear a record like that's so and so. That's true, and, and that's a good point. Compared, to I guess. To, uh, so I, let me explain this a little different. Yeah. I'm looking more for a feel mm-hmm. than I am a sound. Mm, perfect. And that's yeah. that's kind of the King Arthur thing. There's like a certain feel to the records rather than right. sonically it sounds the same. You can tell every time. Yeah. Oh, people can hear the records. Hear the lyrics, hear the vocals, hear the the vibe and the group, Whatever. Oh, that feels. This feels like a King
0: Arthur record. Yeah, I love that. I mean, it is about the feeling. And when it comes to like your fan base too, they just want you to make what you love to make. So they don't want
1: you. To I disagree with that. Oh really? No,
0: fans don't. <laughs> fans don't like change, man. Ah. Uh, they're they're brutal. Yeah. They, they're
1: like, no, why? Whatever happened to this song? Whatever happened to that style? Go back to this. Yeah. And like. Yeah, that was the moment in time. Yeah, that's and, true. You know, people are like, why don't you make Belong to the Rhythm again? I'm like, because Belong to the Rhythm was its own thing. <laughs> yeah. And four years ago now, right? Yeah, four and a half. Crazy. Um, but Pete, that's how people, a lot of fans think that way. Well, some fans are on board for whatever you want to do. Sure, that's a good point. But you you know, you always get the feedback. Why don't you do this anymore? Yeah. I miss this King Arthur. <laughs> I miss this whatever. <laughs> yeah,
0: that's and you're true. You're like, yeah, I gotta grow as an artist. Yeah, anytime with something creative where people can have an opinion. Yeah, and that's just up. part of it. So you yeah. just gotta, yeah, you know what's coming. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So 20 years ago, you got your first set of turntables. So you yep. DJed before you started producing. Yes. When did you start producing then? Uh, probably,
1: it'd be like five years after.
0: Okay. I was, I was, so I went to
1: DePaul. Yep. And I was walking home from class one day. I had my turntables at school. Mm-hmm. And I was like, either I need to sell these and mm-hmm. just focus on school. Mm-hmm or I need to like jump in and really see what we can make happen with yeah. this and start learning how to produce and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, that was maybe, maybe 2004 or 5, mm-hmm. something like that. Wow. Yeah. And what do you use to produce? What did you start on? I started on, well, the very, very first thing was Reason oh wow you started with reason yeah but I I didn't really understand it that well this yeah, is back good... in the day when you had to like flip it around on your screen uh-huh. and like plug in everything so basically it was like remaking an analog studio <laughs> yeah like, that's things in intense. yeah but yeah, so that was the first one and then did a little bit of Ableton but then yeah. I got logic and that's when I was like yeah this is my jam
0: yeah. I love logic. Yeah. I mean, I, it comes up every time with anybody who produces. Everyone's got their toolbox. You just yeah. got to find out what you want to put it in and how you want to use it. Yeah, I, I and I'm just so used to logic now that Yeah. You're an guy, so you and Apple guy mentioned. You got an yeah. iPhone, yeah. Yeah. It's just easy to integrate. It is. Yeah. It just makes sense. Interesting. So you were producing now. I remember when it really hit off for you was Bro Hammer, was the first track that really blew up for you, right? <laughs> well,
1: there was a lot before that. This was like a whole era of Topher Jones before that yeah. era of Topher Jones. So, in 2000 even in the summer of 2000, 2006. Mm-hmm. Actually, let's take this back to the the end of second semester of 2006, the end of my junior year of college. Okay. Um I went over to watch Grey's Anatomy with some girls at their sorority. Yeah. They were like, oh, let's all hang out. Watch Grey's Anatomy. Then we'll get food. I was like, cool. I'll come by. I'll watch the show. Sure. I'm going to go get food. <laughs> Little did I know, it was going to change my life. Wow. Because, Grey's Anatomy. Yeah. I mean, it not really has to do with the show. Yeah. But at the end of the season, mm-hmm. the last, there was the, the season finale. At the very end, there was like this, I don't know, super emotional moment. I don't know what it was. But they played Snow Patrol, Chasing Cars. Yeah. This was before right. it was a, a, world hit, a worldwide hit. It was like before it was a big song. Yeah. And I sat there, and I just like, Oh my gosh! What is this song? Yeah, this like changed my life. Yeah, so I went online, found out what it was, bought it, and with a guy named Blake Gerald made a bootleg like, remix of the song. I forgot you mean a bootleg. Like and yeah. and then like, it just became this huge record, and mm-hmm. yeah, and the dance was like Tiesto and Armin and Ferry Corson and Gabriel and Dresden and Deep Dish all like my heroes at the time they we were all huge at the time <laughs> they played the record for like a year and a half straight that's incredible and so that was when I was like oh maybe <laughs> maybe there could be something here yeah I think so and we got it out by you would, this is I mean, this is a while ago so before you would give out USB 6 you'd burn CDs <laughs> and you'd hand them to DJs oh or, my then, like, gosh. You'd, or you'd email it to them and they'd burn it to a CD this is when people yeah. were DJing with CDs yeah so, and so it was post-vinyl, mm-hmm. which is I started on vinyl. Wow. And okay. Yeah, that's, yeah no, that's that's how old I am. Yeah, no, I, that's probably
0: why you're such a great DJ, though, because that's all year.
1: And then, yeah, we was pass CDs to everybody. Incredible. Yeah, and then they would pass records between them, and the DJs would, and that's how it kind of grew. And, you know, yeah, that was the beginning of, like, oh, this could become a thing. Yeah. So that was the first big record. Then mm-hmm. I... I was writing kind of more trance music at that era mm-hmm. of, of my career. Yeah. And had a couple say the trance, tune of the weeks, stuff like that Amazing. on Armin's radio yeah, show. And Tiesto crazy. signed a bunch of my records to his label Black Hole. Uh-huh. I was oh, on his right. radio show all the time. And then from there it, it went into a different direction of doing a bit more songwriting stuff. And that's when I signed the deal with Ultra. Right. And did some records and then I did Brohammer mm-hmm. as a joke. <laughs> my younger brother we were all at dinner one night uh-huh. for my birthday and we were just making jokes about how people dance in nightclubs yeah and, and this isn't like the whole bro thing in club was yeah, kind of yeah, a big yeah, thing yeah and we're like yeah the bros just go like this and I was like yeah it's like a bro hammering or something <laughs> and or, I don't know if I said it or my younger brother said it, but it became this joke yeah and so then later that week I came back up to Chicago, wrote the song in like five hours. Sent it to my brother as a joke and he, he just responded, I hate this and I was like, <laughs> I know this is gonna be good. Oh my gosh. And so send it to Ultra, mm-hmm. Dustin and I sent it to Ultra. Yeah. We didn't hear anything back for like two months. And so then we had some friends that worked for Skrillex so we played it for them and they like, this is amazing. They gave it to Sunny and they signed it to this EP and we released it and did really well, and yeah. then funny ultra comes back and says, "Oh, this record is really great." <laughs> oh my gosh! Of course. So that we put a vocal on it, and yeah. they paid for a music video, and then they got this incredible remix from Nari and Milani. Yeah. So it, what was cool was their track Adam mm-hmm. was you know the biggest record of I don't know twenty eleven. Yeah. And so their remix of Brohammer was their first release after Adam, and so it That's came. I timing. Remember, remember, yeah, Dustin and I were in our apartment, and. It was Fourth of July, so I wasn't expecting anything. But I got a text from the label being like, "Check your email." We downloaded the remix. We listened to it in my studio. We both like, "This is gonna be huge!" <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, and that was that was how. So Brohammer just had a lot of life. It was big, and yeah. then the remix was huge. Yeah, went top ten on Beatport. This so when Beatport was a huge deal. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: and all the huge DJs were playing it, and it was really fun. That is amazing. Now with everything going so well, I mean, you have a lot of steam at this point. When did King Arthur come into play and what was that change like for you? So I was on tour in 2013 with Tritonal. Mm-hmm. I think I did like 50
1: dates with them. Yeah, I remember that it was incredible. Or 35 dates with them and then I then I was on the more right after that there was like 2 weeks then I was on and I did a couple of my own solo shows then mm-hmm. was on the Morgan Page 3D tour. Nice. Where he did like 3D projection mapping stuff Sick. whatever it was super cool yeah and um, yeah and it was on that tour and this is when EDM was at its peak yeah, oh, you know, yeah. it was the biggest thing that ever happened to dance music in America <laughs> which was really fun yeah because the impact live is great right but after a while you're like man it's all about just build 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 impact and then people mm-hmm. just kind of chill build 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 impact yeah and I was like, what happened to like dancing and yeah Songs and singing, yeah. and, and not just ah yeah jumping. So I just got a little bit bored of that on the tour because after you're playing, so, I mean, it was like sixty shows and you know a span of a couple months, and, yeah. and you're just like, yeah, you know, this is awesome, mm-hmm. but I'm getting a little bit bored of the same thing over and over and over again. Absolutely. Yet. And so started writing some different stuff, some mm-hmm. houseier stuff, some more song-based stuff, and that was the beginning of the King Arthur project. Wow.
0: Yeah, incredible. So you basically, well, there was this layover period, I guess, or a crossover where it was Topher Jones and King Arthur. I remember, Brohammer was re-released almost.
1: Yeah. So after after, Belong to the Rhythm and Praise you came out, mm-hmm. had the idea of, well, what if I rehashed some of these songs that yeah. were Topher Jones songs, right, and put them out with the King Arthur touch, right, and so talked to Ultra, they loved the idea, yeah, and did that and it came out it was like November of 2015 I think mm-hmm. yeah incredible
0: so you still it was just like a fun kind of passing of the torch moment yeah for sure I was gonna say you still definitely appreciate those days I mean yeah that's where it all started for you there's
1: still one more Tober Jones song we will get a King Arthur touch yeah when the time is right okay yes
0: I'm looking forward to that yep. please send
1: yes um, when I'm headlining Blue's the Perry stage yeah
0: <laughs> all right that is what I like to hear yep. Calling God, it. Damn, I got chills and started <laughs> sweating <laughs> at the same time right there. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. So, more onto the King Arthur here, because 2015, Belong to the Ruther came out. came out on Hexagon. Yep. Don Diablo, um, your guy. My boy. It premiered on BBC Radio 1 with Danny Howard, and it was a hit. That man. was back in, like, that was, see, that was even before. It's so funny, because I was going through all,
1: I was looking back through a bunch of stuff, mm-hmm. and it's funny, because Belong of the came out on May the 4th, Mm-hmm. So everyone was like, "Oh, May the Fourth be with you!" Ha-ha. <laughs> and I decided, because the guy who sings on is like a huge Star Wars like nerd. Oh, really? So I just remember that as like the release date. I was like, oh, I never thought about that. He was like so jacked up about it. <laughs> but and so I was going back and looking at a bunch of stuff recently, mm-hmm. and I and I was like, wow, this it was such a different era of releasing music where you you would build up for like two months to the release date, Trill. and then have a big impact there. Yeah, and so. It was premiered on BBC Radio 1 back in like, it was like two months or a month and a half before the song even came out. Mm-hmm. And then it was on SoundCloud for a month before it came out. It was on YouTube for a month before it came out. Wow. So it had like 750,000 plays on SoundCloud before the song ever actually officially was released. <laughs> and it was because you would have your Beatport, you know, pre-buy links, mm-hmm. and you'd hope that on day one, like, it would just shoot up the Beatport charts. Right. And so you would put that link in the SoundCloud. Yeah. Like, oh, you can buy here, right? And it was just so funny being like, Man, you know, you would put the song up on SoundCloud for weeks and weeks. <laughs> Nowadays, you're like, SoundCloud's dead. <laughs> it is sometimes you don't even talk about a song till it's available because yeah. people don't want to have to, like, Oh, I heard about this song, it's coming out in two weeks, think right. about it, save it, and then in two weeks, yeah, put it out. They're just right. like, Is it here now? Cool, yeah, I'll click on If not, like, on to the next thing, yeah. And so it's so fun to
0: think just how in a couple of years, just the way that we release music and consume it, yeah, has changed so much. So much. You know, I was. Th- it's interesting you said that bringing up Beatport, and it's not something I talk about as much as I'd like. It's getting really big again. It's really big again because there's so many DJs that are willing to buy music. You know, yeah. Like when it when I Minus, guess the more underground music gets, the, yeah. the bigger Beatport gets. Oh, 100 percent. I yeah. mean, there was definitely a layover period. Like uh, I, I had a great interview with Win and WooHoo, Yep. I'm sure you know, and they became... I don't know them personally, but I know that. Yeah, well, they blew up on SoundCloud. Yep. SoundCloud remixes. People would go on tour if you had a big SoundCloud That's remix. So weird. Insane. Look at Blau, look at Capslap, right? Yep. And then they started producing original music, and yep. you know that was kind of the, the I guess, you know the lane that they went for. But yep. it has changed so much. It's crazy. So much. Crazy. And all these websites, too. Like I have a lot of DJ friends, and we all like, you know, share how to you get yeah. your edits, how to you get your music and stuff. There's like 50 different quality websites, Different world, man. It is a different world. i something like going to the
1: record store and paying 12 bucks for one song. Uh-huh.
0: <laughs> Gramophone. And, and, and,
1: and the thing is, and this is something I do miss, is when you would buy a record, you loved that song. Yeah. Because you knew it was going to cost you some cash. Yeah. And so, whatever it is that you would purchase, like these were your jams, mm. and you made sure that they were awesome. Yeah nowadays we're just so like yeah maybe I'll play this once or twice and that's that because it just doesn't cost us anything <laughs> yeah anymore. it's true it just appears so like... I don't know if we value music as much we love to consume it and we like mm-hmm. access to it but we don't I
0: don't know if we value it as much because like it yeah. just it used, it used, yeah it would cost more to have records right that's true what are some early inspirations for you that you still find extremely valuable whether you play it in sets or even when you make new music
1: I mean, I can't play those record sets because it just
0: things were produced so <laughs> yeah, so much like differently.
1: Yeah, the twelve-inch versions. Oh, of things, well, right? just I mean, I mean like, side chaining wasn't like that big of a thing. <laughs> like compression and mastering was so different. Yeah, records are a million times louder and hit hit a bunch hit so much harder now. Yeah, but the first song that I really fell in love with dance music was Armin Van Buren, "Communication." Is that do you like that song? <laughs> yeah. It's so good. Yeah, but I was yeah, so I I was. Visiting some friends in Arizona. And we, this was, I mean, well, they used to be really into aggressive skating. Aggressive skating? Yeah, like rollerblading and the whole oh, thing. It yeah, was yeah, huge yeah. in Arizona. Yeah. And so when I went out there and it was like, oh, check out this video. And yeah. We were watching the video and they would always have songs kind of soundtracking the different skaters sections or whatever. Mm-hmm. And this one guy, his name was Billy Prislin from California. <laughs> and he started out, I, I vividly remember he started out his, Little section with him DJing, and then it goes into the like the synth, and I was like, "What is this?" <laughs> I sat there and just was like, my mind was blown. Like I've yeah. never heard music like this before. Yeah, yeah. And I, and I, after that, I was like, I am buying dance music records. <laughs> and then Napster was huge. Yeah. So I would just type in like dance music, trance, techno, European music, mm-hmm. download everything. <laughs> Down So, yeah, Arm of Van Buren communication. Yeah. Um, let's see. I mean, a bunch of old school, like Tiesto and Paul Van Dyke, Paul Oakenfold. Of course. Uh, and then Gabriel and Dresden loved their stuff.
0: Yeah. Uh, back in the day. Yeah. Those are some of the big early inspirations. For sure. I mean, I still, I still hear a little bit of that type of vibe in your music nowadays, still, too. So, it's a part of you, right? Yeah. I love that. I mean, I still love trance. That sounds like that. It yeah. don't make it like that anymore. Yeah, trance is, is making another big move though. It is. It's. it's it is. It's. Uh, you're right. You said it best. The underground scene is growing. Oh, it's so big right now. So there's, there's these subgenres movie. of trance and house. Yeah. Which is insane. So yeah. Yeah. Oh. Armin van Buren, thank you for changing my life. <laughs> Thanks, Armin. Yeah. We'll send it to you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I'm really more curious about. Um, the music that you've made over the course of time because creat- creativity can be tough, especially mm. consistently. You know, I mean, you've had a lot of great tracks. My personal favorite is Right Now. Okay. I love that track. The, yep. it's, the vocals are amazing and it just is a great vibe. I just I Thank love you. it. Play it all the time, honestly, once a week. Praise You, of course, Rave the 90s, like I said. Most recently, Friday, released on Stamped. Yep. Martin Garrix label, and Keep It Coming, a musical freedom, yep. which, as you well know, are blowing up. Incredible tracks. Thank you. But you've kept consistent, is my point. You know, how do you continue to do that? I don't know. <laughs> I just
1: make music that I feel that feels like me. Yeah. And hopefully that it, there's some sort of line that connects it all. Sure. Have you hit uh, any
0: roadblocks around the way, like? Oh, definitely. Play? Like yeah. you
1: definitely have those moments. Yeah. I mean there was a, a period earlier this year where I don't think I worked on music for about six weeks straight. Really? Yeah. Every now and then I'll just do that. Yeah. And just spend time doing other things. Yeah. And then come back and... Reset. Uh, it's just hard to be super creative all the time. Yeah, absolutely. That, along with traveling, is a bad combination. Because like, mm-hmm. jet lag does not breed creativity. <laughs> no way. So, uh, yeah, I mean, as far as the creation of the music and, and how it all fits together, like, I just, if I love it and it feels like something that I would, lo- sounds like, I feel like sounds like me or mm-hmm. I would play or yeah. whatever, then... Cool, let's
0: do it. Yeah. Which I think maybe that's the, the string through all of it. Of course. Out of all your releases, is there one that means the most to you? Oh, man. <laughs> it's
1: like asking a parent who their favorite
0: kid is. I know, yeah, geez. Ah. Uh,
1: <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I think Belong to them Rhythm will always have a very special place Absolutely. in my heart. Yeah. Because it really launched this whole era. Mm-hmm. It's true. But, um... Tough question. I've got a couple records that haven't come out yet that I just love. They're just amazing songs. I just saw you post today that you got
0: something coming out. It was on Revealed Radio. Yeah, it's, it's a air. single.
1: It's a money soon coming out next Friday on Stamped. Yeah. You're on fire right now. <laughs> it's called
0: well, House to Pop.
1: Yeah, probably will be out by the time this interview's up
0: <laughs> All right.
1: Uh, I don't, when is it to be being aired? It'll be next week. Oh, then, well, go listen to House to Pop on Friday. <laughs> it's coming out. Excellent. Yeah, with Kevin Alexander, who is one of the most talented up-and-coming guys mm-hmm. in the world right now. He's
0: amazing. That's incredible. Yeah. I mean, what about playing live? Like, I'm going to get around to this, but Tomorrowland main Stage. what was that like playing your music for all those <laughs> people? Oh,
1: that set was very bittersweet. Yeah. Because the sure. weather was horrible. It's still... Did, have you monster. have you watched the live stream of it?
0: Ten times. Yeah, like it was, it was a. It was suit. it was a monster. I watched
1: it the other week with some friends. I was just <laughs> out in California, and they were like, "Oh yeah," they were just had they were watching a bunch of sets, and they're like, "You played on the main stage." I was like, "I did." You can watch it. <laughs> yeah. and, and they're like, "What was it like?" I was like, it, "It was kind of heartbreaking." Yeah. Um. But it'll we'll get back there, and it's gonna be oh absolutely. it's gonna be a very really special moment for me when it happens again. Well, yeah. But. Um, Anytime you get to play it, Tomorrowland's awesome. Yeah. What was cool was the year before I played on the smallest stage of the festival. Mm-hmm. It was called the Mazda stage. I don't think they do it anymore, but it was like brand new, fresh, up and coming talent. Sure. To go from that to then the main stage of the year <laughs> was really cool. <laughs> yeah,
0: absolutely. Yeah, that was that was awesome. A lot can change in one year. Yeah. A yes. lot. A lot. Yes. What took you to, from such a big stage change? Was it the releases? Was it the business connection? I mean, 2016 was a great year of releases. Yeah. I mean, had some big
1: records that streamed really well. The album mm-hmm. created a lot of attention.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: And, yeah, I was doing a lot of shows, and things were just really building. And for so sure. then you, you, you really reap the, the benefit of all of that six to eight, yeah, well, three to eight months later, yeah. depending on things. But for summer schedules, mm-hmm. like Tomorrowland Main Stage is already done. Who's going to play next year, probably. Yeah, of course, by the day after you it's know? over, yeah. And so uh, that's stuff all comes from head. So, yeah, that was booked. I mean, I knew at this time... 2016 that I was gonna be playing main stage of 2017. Oh my god, that was on your mind for that long. I mean, <laughs> it was it was a while. I mean, yeah, it, Dustin yeah. was over yeah, we were he was over for ADE and I remember my agent was like hey, Marlon Mainstage 2017. We're like what? <laughs> she was like yeah don't
0: say anything to anybody like we won't for nine months. Yeah, <laughs> make sure the heads up. No, I'll just go have a baby in the meantime I guess. <laughs> That's incredible. Yeah. I remember actually last time I saw Dustin we were actually here and he was telling me about one of your biggest shows originally, which was at Snake Pit. Yeah. And you went you went before Afrojack, and then Diplo was late, right? And
1: then after, Afrojack. Then after And then Afrojack. after Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. No, no, no,
1: no. It was... Was it after Diplo? No, no.
0: You went before
1: Diplo. Yeah, it was myself, then Diplo. Then he left, and Afrojack was late. Okay, Afrojack And I played was late. for, like, another 30 minutes or so. He was late. He didn't want to start his set. He just kept me like, "It was there. He just kept insane. me like keep playing, keep like, like, playing."
0: Those are some of the best
1: like crowd pictures that like you ever had. Yeah, so and that, so that, was, like, when, that was when was when, 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 when we when had the, the Tober Jones foam And we like, "Had them all. We we're going to do we're to we'll get back to some more fun creative things." Yeah. That's why. In the future. He saw the Tober Jones hand. Yeah. Dude, I remember I remember that was awesome. I remember playing at a festival in where was it? Edmonton or, or Calgary. Oh, where was it? it was somewhere in Canada. Mm-hmm. Maybe it was Calgary. Yeah. I think it think that's where it was. And I had played earlier in the day mm-hmm. and my my good friends tritonal were playing like yeah. three hours after me. Mm-hmm. And they go on and there's like twenty-five Tover Jones hands in the crowd. <laughs> and they, they 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 look at me they're like, what did you do? I was like, hey! my people are my people and they like it They're yeah right. so once they get a foam pan they just were waving it all day it's so like every other DJ that day was staring at my hand waving back at them <laughs> that's a good move That's yeah branding. I mean it's great maybe pissed a few people off but hey it was fun whatever you shot yeah your shot. yeah like but no snake pit was
0: amazing when we did that yeah. I mean do you ever take a moment and think how far you've come
1: yeah yep
0: yeah. and then and then I'm like yeah cool we're I'm gonna keep going just
1: scratching the surface <laughs> yeah
0: it's so true just on the surface. So, yeah. do you have a long-term goal in mind, or you know? Yes, yeah, so there's
1: a lot of stuff in the works. A lot of stuff being written down, and yeah. kind of dreams of what we're.
0: Yeah. The
1: next, the next phase is going to be the
0: craziest and biggest phase of the whole thing. Absolutely, uh, we can. Some of the stuff we'll that. talk about. Some of it I can't. But yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I was going to say we can just I'm, I'm really excited to hear about the label. Yep.
1: Yeah. I mean, we're hopefully the paperwork get signed here in the next few days or week.
0: Um. But yeah, that's going to be special. It's amazing. Yeah. Tell us more about it. I want to know what's, what's. Yeah, so
1: it's been a dream for, I don't know, a long time. Yeah, of course. That uh, to have a label. And Dustin and I have always talked about this. Mm-hmm. You know, God, like, oh, this would be so fun to do eventually. And then, you know, you're always like, oh, is the right time? Do we have enough leverage? Can we mm-hmm. make stuff happen? Mm-hmm. And just really felt at the beginning of this year, like, yeah, it's time to start a label. Yeah. And so started having conversations with Don earlier in the year and then it just didn't make sense with them Mm -hmm. uh, because they were just gonna do Mm -hmm. Hexagon. And then started pursuing just doing, yeah, getting the distribution, all that stuff set up. Yeah, And then Don and his team came back and were like, hey, we're ready to do the label thing, so. Man, remember
0: that moment well. Yeah, so we'll uh, we'll see how it. So is it, I guess, in business terms, is it a subsidiary of Hexagon? Uh, it- kind of. They're
1: they're the yeah. I mean, I guess. Yeah, but you operate entirely on your own. I mean, I mean. they they get a percentage of everything because right. they're doing all the, the distribution. Creative.
0: Yeah, creative is totally. That's amazing. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And you're gonna have for you have a track that you already are gonna be the first release for.
1: <laughs> we, that's why we're going over all the songs today. Actually. Yeah. We're sitting at Heritage Bicycles and Coffee Best Coffee Shop in Chicago. That's a fact. It's You'll amazing. yeah, yeah we were going that, through yeah. were like what about this one what about this one so we were, we were we were already planning like you know three four months into this release schedule like mm-hmm. what about this and talking about that stuff so there's yeah, there's a lot of music that's incredible yeah that's incredible that's so exciting for you and it's cool because there are some amazing artists that want to be a part of the label that uh are ridiculously talented yeah and this is before we even released anything, and there's people already being like, "Yo, well, I want to get involved. I want to re-
0: send me records and stuff." So it's really cool. And these are more low key people who already kind of have established followings, like kind of like what I do with the podcast. People who are talented but may not have the right avenue. Or
1: um, I mean, Kevin Alexander is going to do a lot of stuff on the label. Okay. Who, he's the guy to keep it coming with. Yep. And then we are so we have a song on Stamp next week. Mm-hmm. And then that he's a, one of the big ones, and mm-hmm. there's a couple other guys that. Uh, we're figuring it out, but yeah, we'll definitely be doing something on the label. There's a uh, the follow up to Friday mm-hmm. with Loki. Uh, you he's just had some remixes dropped too. Those remixes came out today. Benlo, his is sick. Yeah, that's some. His is really sick. Dirty house. Yeah. yeah, all the remixes are sick. They are. Yeah. Uh, his is really cool. His is done is doing really well on Spotify right now. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so the follow up to Friday is a record that you know we're gonna. To have on there, it might yeah. be released three. Mm-hmm. You'll maybe hear the song tonight. I might play it. Okay. Yeah, it's really cool. I'll open my ears. It's rolling. it's yeah. really yeah. It's like a record where we finish and I was like, dang. <laughs> this is just like some of my records are just fun. Yeah. Some of them are like kind of funky. Some mm-hmm. of the records are just cool. Right. This one is cool. Right.
0: Yeah. Okay, I'm excited for it. it. Yeah. That's amazing. you'll recognize it probably pretty quickly okay that's good like, oh yeah this is that King Arthur and Loki record <laughs> yeah okay I, I, if it's gonna be a the vibe of Friday then I'm yes definitely down yeah that tracks a hit how did it feel when you saw you know I mean you've had your music supported by the biggest you already mentioned TSO I mean you've remixed the Chainsmokers like you've, you've come so far but like you see Mala dropping it you know who's in like what I guess in my perspective a different lane than you yeah He's a bit more like bass house, right?
1: Stuff, but it was, the thing that was so funny about it is, I mean, it's great when DJs play your music, but yeah, he was literally posting about it every day yeah, on Instagram. The electric and that, That's where that's where I was like, okay,
0: like whatever, bro. <laughs> he this is really sick. likes his, it. Either like
1: he loves it or his tour manager loves it. Yeah. So every time he plays, like, oh, I'm gonna film this. Yeah. Whoever was doing his Instagram, thank you. But yeah, he, I mean, for like weeks on end. I mean, I have so many videos. Mm-hmm of him just hammering the record, and he put it as a recap. I, like the, it was so funny when he used it as the, the, the song for his Electric Zoo recap. Incredible. Because people we were like, oh, is this the new mala record? And yeah. I, I like went on like, nope, I'm responding to everybody. <laughs> yeah. This is my new song yeah. with Loki. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Yeah. Because he didn't—he didn't mention it wasn't his or anything, right? Uh, but it's cool when people like that play your record that often.
0: Yeah, it's you're like, yes, this is this is great. That's what you want. I mean, yeah, that's kind of the goal, right? You can't DJ everywhere and have your no. music played everywhere. So it's a great way to, help to people in yeah, the industry. Great way to get your music out there. It is a teamwork game out there. I think people that come into the industry assume it is competitive, obviously, but it's a small scene from my experience yeah. so far, especially in Chicago. But everyone's so willing to support each other. Mm. The people that aren't don't make it very far.
1: Yeah.
0: This is my little person perspective. It gets a little bit tricky. Yeah. The bigger people get, the way more
1: tension there is between artists. Really. Oh yeah, because they're fighting for festival slots and things like that. So even like playing each other's music can be. Yeah. Really. Yeah, I mean,
0: you don't see a lot of huge guys playing another huge guy's song. That just never happens. That's true. Very good point. I think about that. You play, everybody will kind of play, like, losing it, right? Everybody Yeah, I mean, that's that. one of the greatest dance records of the last 20 years. Yeah. You love
1: that track? First time I heard it, I was like, oh my gosh. This is big. This is going to be just big. Starting, it just has
0: that thing. It does. Yeah. There's something, it, it's it's crazy because I saw golf pop, who uh, I'm sure you've heard of before. They were DJing somewhere and, like, the, yeah. <laughs> they were playing, they were headlining somewhere and it was like, the, they had, like, a do not play list. Yeah, just Fisher losing it. Losing it. Yeah. And I'm thinking, my god, is this like the Despacito of, you know, the electronic I mean, it, it music It works community. every single time. Yeah. And it's a hit. It's a massive record. Yeah. Incredible. And it, it had so much great, you know, marketing behind it, too. Yeah. All that type of stuff. Yep. And transitioning to that, actually, your brand is, is amazing. I hmm. love it. I mean, you got the crown on right now. You know? When your I'm social so media, Arthur, i got to wear the crown. You do, yeah. yeah. Your social media presence is great, too. I mean, you respond to everybody's comments. Yeah. You answer direct messages. All that sort of stuff. I mean, you're big and you still find time. Thank but, you. Yeah, absolutely. I respect to you for that. I know you got a lot going on. My question is you know, in an online marketing where branding is everything, we're in a digital age, yeah. how do you differentiate yourself? I mean, you wear
1: a crown. <laughs> 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 I wish that yeah. had some great answer. Yeah. I mean, yeah, we get to play up a lot of stuff with the King Arthur thing, mm-hmm. um, and it definitely, definitely is like a direction and a, uh, an aesthetic to the project of what we sure. are doing and what I like and what I think is cool. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't know if it's like it's not like we got some like crazy strategic plan behind everything. Right. Uh, Maybe that's the beauty in it. Yeah, sure. <laughs> I, I think, you know, next year there'll be a. a a bit more structure to things, a okay. bit more, yeah. Where? What is the story behind
0: the King Arthur? The My middle name's Arthur. Right. You yeah. like King you like King Arthur? Well, oh, I
1: was swimming one day yeah. at the gym, and I was like, what should I do with, this is when I was trying to figure out the name for the new project. Mm-hmm. I was like, I've used Topher, I've used Jones. I mean, yeah. What could we use Arthur? <laughs> what about King Arthur? Yeah. There you go. Yeah. I mean, it's awesome. It's annoying because like fifty people use the name in music. Yeah, <laughs> that's know? true. But it is what it is. I knew that would happen going into it, but
0: I felt like yeah, this is this is what we got to do. Yeah, I mean you Google King Arthur a lot's gonna come up, but you're yeah. on there.
1: Yeah, I mean it's led to some people being very angry and
0: <laughs> seriously.
1: Yeah, people people get weird about stuff. Yeah. What? Well, that's that's
0: the 1st <laughs> we'll go into it. But, okay. Yeah, it's it's crazy. <laughs> oh, so, oh my gosh. So. Like I said in the beginning, in, in creative industry where you put night music, you're playing sets, people have an opinion of what you do. Yep. Have there been any obstacles you've had to overcome, either professionally or personally, because of this type of stuff? I mean,
1: if you want to make it in music, you have to have perseverance like mm-hmm. nothing else. Mm-hmm. You know, um, it's not a knock on any other job, but yeah. this you, you're going to be told no a gajillion times more than you're told yes. Yeah. And so you have to develop really thick skin, and mm-hmm. just you have to just believe without a doubt. I'm supposed to be doing this. This is what I was made for. And yeah. if, if you don't, you, you, you'll probably give up. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I've had a million reasons to just stop and say, "Yeah, eh, I'm done. This is it. yeah It's not worth it anymore." And um, yeah, yeah it's, it, it, it's got. I mean, I think on social media and the way the world perceives musicians and DJs yeah, like life's amazing everything's great you're doing all <laughs> this stuff <laughs> and it's just not the reality of it all it's and right. you know and it's hard on just personal life because you you fly a lot mm-hmm. you're jet lagged you're dealing with time zones and you yeah. have to come home and you kind of I don't know just, it wears it's very exhausting yeah and and it can be quite lonely at times I yeah. mean it, it, it's different now I feel like I'm, I'm being more grown up a totally different perspective on it compared to you know, seven, eight years ago. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I mean, you definitely have to walk through a lot. It's For definitely, sure. I mean, i trying to figure out things with my wife. Like, how do we have a family? Yeah. What does that look like I was gonna ask you that, with yeah.
0: this? Because it, there's nothing normal about a job like this. <laughs> no. I mean, like you said, and you come back home from flying and all this stuff, and your job, your income, is to go into the studio. It's not like you're raising a family in a studio necessarily. So, I mean, your job you, is to show
1: up and play shows. That's yeah. where you get paid. Yeah. You don't, that's get, true. You don't get paid that's for the true. music anymore. But you don't get the shows without the music sometimes. Right? True true. Right. True. Yeah. But so it yeah, just how to it's navigate
0: this. Yeah.
1: Like well, how do you have a healthy relationship when you're gone a lot or yeah. tired from jet lag and yeah. whatever it is. So
0: What's it's your definitely not as
1: glamorous. Jacqueline. Jacqueline? Yeah. Did you meet her in music? No. Met her at a wedding. Really? Yeah. Wow. And it's been three years, you said? We've been married. It'll be three years in January we've been married. Yeah. How did you meet her then? She's Australian, right? Yeah, she was yeah. a bridesmaid at a wedding, and I was a groomsman. Oh. And we hung waiting? out. Uh, it was a wedding up in Fort Wayne, Indiana. Of all oh, my you know. gosh. Of course. The Wheezy.
0: <laughs> the Wheezy.
1: Yeah. And uh, <laughs> I was like, wow, this girl's really cute. And she was super cool. And so mm-hmm. we just hung out all weekend. Yeah. And I had just signed my record deal with Ultra, so I was going to be busy doing that. She was going back to Australia to mm-hmm. do a master's. Mm-hmm. So we didn't really talk for a couple years because we were both busy. and Yeah. And then showed up on Facebook. That was her birthday. hmm This is when, like, people used Facebook to, like, <laughs> it's different than it is now. Yeah, it's true. I uh, think when people just, like, poke each other still. <laughs> oh, um, I
0: forgot about that. Yeah,
1: I no, And you write on people's walls and stuff. Yeah. But, um, yeah, and just hit her up. Like,
0: hey, happy birthday. Like, how are you? Let's catch up. hmm And so we did, and then it just turned and, yeah. Where were you living at that point? Chicago. Though? So you were in Chicago. So when did you move to Amsterdam?
1: A 2017-ish. End mm-hmm. of 2017. Yeah, I lived in the UK for a couple years before that. Right.
0: Right, yeah. We're in UK? Bristol. Bristol.
1: Yep. Wow, how is it? Oh, yeah, or actually. Whatever. Yeah. Where, like the pirate accent comes from. Yeah. They're a lot of R's. <laughs> Got a fiver. A or, viper? Want some pizza? They had R's on things. That's really funny. Want yeah. some pizza? Pizza, that's what they say. Eggers? Think. It's crazy, man. i like... <laughs>
0: Yeah, they at ours at the end of words. It's very funny. Really? Yeah. Was there any moments where you had like sort of a culture shock, or you you obviously voluntarily went there to do yep. that? Voluntarily like, Did yeah. you ever miss like Indiana or anything?
1: Chicago? Oh, I, I, there's so much about America that I missed. that yeah. I think it's just amazing and the best. Yeah.
0: It's
1: just part of part, of, part, of, the part of the experience right now. Yeah. Part of the experience right now.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah,
1: I definitely appreciate America more now, mm-hmm. living outside of it, than I did being here.
0: Yeah, I can imagine that.
1: Yeah, people, and I get really annoyed when people like, complain about our country and this and that. It's definitely not perfect. Americans. Like, yeah, yeah, you're like, oh, you don't know how good you're you really have it
0: right. here. Yeah, it's so true. Yeah. It's so true. I have a lot I've of been friends. to some
1: countries where you're, I'm just like, I'm so grateful. Yeah. Oh, man, been to some crazy places, and you're just like, we have it so good here. Gosh. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's definitely
0: got its flaws, but it's still yeah. amazing. We're a team. Everybody's in yeah. the same roof here to be <laughs> considerably, maybe yeah. a little different for some, but yeah. to a certain extent. Yeah. Um, so the major thing that we've been talking about here is the course of time that's taking you to get to this point. Yeah. You've seen a lot of changes. I mean, I can't believe it's about to be 2020. I can't imagine from your perspective. It's just crazy to think crazy. about. Crazy. What do you think the next time I'm running for is? president! Yeah? <laughs> Forget democracy, we're bringing
1: in the kingdom.
0: <laughs> that just works. Kidding. Yeah, no, that's a good idea. Aristocracy, let's go, I'm down. Can I be speaker of the house and I just do podcast interviews? You just play house music. Oh, I can DJ? Speaker okay. Speaker of the house, yeah. yeah. Oh. Wow.
1: <laughs> Damn. Come on, bro. Dude. Get on my level. Yeah, I'm... I'm I think I'm, there's actually a DJ called
0: Speaker of the House. There is. is genius. Yeah. Gosh, I, that disconnected frame right there. Yep. Okay. All right, I'm in. Shake on it, though. <laughs> <laughs> well what do you think the next decade holds with everything you've seen change just in genres and festivals clubs everything I I was having a conversation with
1: a friend about this the other day mm-hmm. where I feel like the mega club is in a comeback. yeah because we're in this time where underground music is huge mm-hmm. but underground music doesn't really necessarily work on main stage at festivals true I mean if if it's an underground festival it's its own thing mm-hmm but I, and, I, and there are so many festivals nowadays where yeah. it's like, yeah, I just keep feeling, because the, the, maybe it's just nostalgia for me, mm-hmm. where the type of music that's coming out and is popular right now yeah. reminds me so much of like underground stuff in the late 90s, early yeah. 2000s, Like underground is huge.
0: For sure. I'm like, it just feels like the Super Club and the Mega clubs, going to come back. Yeah. We'll see. I, I might be wrong. There's a huge uh, new venue that's being built in Chicago right now on the south side. It's called Radius.
1: Yeah. Have you heard about that?
0: No. How big is it? Huge. Like, like I think 2,500 people type yeah, thing? I yeah, think I think it's see. like 2,500, 3,000 people. That's the mega club You're right there. You're right. And they shut down the mid, actually, and they sold the land and they built that. You're a genius. It's coming. I can see why <laughs> you could be president. I'll vote for you. You can see the future. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I agree. Yeah. I agree. And just from my perspective, too... I really got into electronic music like you know in the 2009-2011 yeah. era when it was the progressive, you know, the lose-my-mind oh, type stuff. Dustin, if you need to go
1: meet with Kevin, he's already there. Oh,
0: really? Yeah. We're, we only have, like, two questions left, so... It's fine. You can walk over. I'll, I'll meet you over there. Where are you guys going? Hub 51. Oh, hell yeah. Good spot. So see you see a little bit. Um, yeah, so from my perspective, growing up in that... I got into electronic music because of that progressive jump, hands in the air, feeling yeah. good with everybody. The EDM era. EDM era, yeah. exactly. That was getting played at frat parties when I was yep. in college. And then trap music came in, like the Flosher Domus, you know, original Don, like that blew up.
1: In America. Did. In, Amer- in America, yeah. yeah. See, I only
0: have the American perspective. Yeah, yeah. So that blew up, and then Big Room really hit it big, and it was already kind of going on then, but I guess yeah. it was most popular. And then we got into this dubstep Britom era, and then that kind of ended, and then there's all these other smaller things going on, but now House has always been like this.
1: House music's kind of the constant that's always, always. there. Whether it's the most popular or what, whatnot, like it's always there. Cause yeah. It's, it's the foundation where, I mean that's where dance music, because we know it kind of
0: comes from. Yeah. You know, it started yeah. in this city, Chicago. It did, it did, and I think the reason that it's blowing up so much more, at least, on the radio, you know, DJs that come. Obviously, Chicago has big house DJs yeah. that come, but you see guys, like, you know, booking DJs in Indianapolis that are house DJs. I think it's because our generation is a little sick of the jumping, and they want to dance. Yeah, they still well, it's, love it's like dance this, music. Yeah,
1: that, the generation that grew up with the EDM thing, is mm-hmm. they've grown up a bit, and, yeah. you know, not to sound old, but, like, the older you get, jumping up and down like this all the time, <laughs> like, isn't, it's just, you just don't have it like you used yeah, to. Yeah, of course. And so... It's something, and there's something about just like getting back to dancing again. And yeah, grooving and hanging out and uh, yeah, it's cool. Absolutely. And just music in general, especially dance music, it just goes through different cycles and things. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I totally agree. Yeah, it's it's great to see because house music is my favorite. It's the music I make. It's the music I like to play. Yeah. So now yeah. I just see. Now I feel like a lot of people who are producing house music too are in a good position, rather than everybody's trying to jump in. But It's also saturating the producing market a little bit because... Happens with anything that gets popular. Right? Anything that gets popular, people just... Yeah. Everybody makes it. Like, everybody made Progressive. Everybody made Rhythm. Everybody made Dubstep. You gotta stay with the times, though. But you gotta... It's... Yeah. Like, Tiesto, let's use him as an example. He makes a lot of different types of music. Is he doing that to stay on top? Or is he doing that because he's with the times? Or, like, what's what's the thought process? Uh, I mean, he's... He's another thing. Of yeah, course. I mean like I,
1: I don't think he's a good example cuz he's like one he's like the grandfather of That's true. because we know it where he just kind of do whatever he wants and he's just always going to be big. Yeah.
0: Um What about like Don Diablo then? He's got his sound.
1: Yeah, I mean he was able to really break through and yeah. and he and he sticks to his thing. Yeah. No matter what happens around him like his thing is his thing. Yeah, of course. And he's
0: he's, he's killing it. He's killing it and he's created such a great outlet for people like you yeah. you know he's he's a tastemaker tastemaker absolutely yeah. there are a lot of big djs that they
1: might be huge as individuals mm-hmm. but they're not tastemakers where yeah he is someone who's big but he's also like leading and yeah everything and, and different styles and whatnot and yeah he's awesome he's well a great said. dude yeah love that guy he's, yeah. th-
0: he's he's from uh he's dutch right amsterdam. Saying, yeah yeah Does he live in amsterdam so yeah He's moving. Have you been to his house? Yeah. Oh, that's so. Funny. We hang out a lot.
1: <laughs> he's nice. He's, 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 not that. Not 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 Tiesto. Not Tiesto. No, Don. Don. Yeah, yeah, Don. Oh, oh, God. You oh Don. Sorry. Oh. Well, I was like. Yeah.
0: I was like You're just hanging out with Tiesto. Oh, I mean he. I mean. You've met him many times. Yeah. Hang out with him. Yeah, yeah but. Um, Don lives in Amsterdam. Yes, yeah, Tiesto yeah. lives. kind of wherever. Yeah. Yeah. Miami,
1: everywhere. I think he has got a place in. Uh, he has like a, a suite at. MGM in in Vegas because that's where his residency is. Yeah,
0: I think he just like that's his American home base. Yeah, (laughs) that's crazy. I mean, that's incredible to have a great relationship with you know Don. I mean, oh he's awesome. Didn't you go to like his birthday birthday dinner? I was the, I think I was the only other DJ there. No way. Yeah, that's amazing. I mean, he's got a great brand too. Oh, he's his his brand. He is so like. So I, cool. I don't even like know how to describe.
1: Yeah, yeah, that brand is him. Like he, his house is that brand too. Like it's you incredible. go inside, and, like it's all black and white, and like, oh yeah, no and, like, way, like hexagon logo. Like it legit. Like he lives it. That is incredible.
0: Yeah. His style is so cool too. That's him. Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah, that's great. What a, what an awesome connection and friend for you to have. He's too. great. Yeah, incredible. Well, what's uh what's twenty twenty hold for you? What's the next decade hold for you? The record label. Yeah. Management company.
1: Okay. Uh we're gonna do more in the fashion side of things as well. Okay.
0: Yeah, you released some merch recently, yeah. right? Yeah,
1: And then um Yeah, there's a lot. I mean some of, I mean a lot of, don't want to get too far ahead, but those yeah, are gonna be course. the three big things as far as within the next year. In twenty twenty will be big and then we're gonna build off that and then expand to some other areas. That's amazing. Which can going to
0: be fun. Yeah. Bring the kingdom, twenty twenty. It's happening. Bring the kingdom. That's what to expect. Yeah. Everybody go, follow that. Pay attention. This man is going to be massive. Thank you. Seriously, I got so much respect Dude, for you. You're software. awesome. This is great. Um, you inspire me to just continue to do my thing. Because Thank if, you. If I just keep doing it, something will happen, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Everybody, I always say, it takes it's, time, man. It takes time. Everybody gets in the line for the roller coaster. It looks great, and they're like, oh, I'll wait in line. This is a great ride, and it's like, I don't want to wait in this line anymore. I'm going to go to the shorter line. Yeah. And then I mean, you end up waiting in line with the people that want to get on the roller coaster. I was trying to give some people some
1: encouragement, and yeah. they were talking about how long should we expect things to take and all this stuff. And I was like, <laughs> yo, I'm <laughs> oh sitting on 20 God. years. <laughs>
0: yeah, seriously.
1: You know, and I'm still nowhere near where I want to be. Yeah. But, and they're like, 20 years? I was like, yeah, if you're not going to go after so this. You love it. It's, yeah. yeah, but but just my, you know, people were like, yeah, but I don't want to take that long. I was like, well, then then maybe it's not for you. <laughs> yeah. I don't want it to take that long. Yeah. yeah, well, then it's probably not for you. If yeah. You're not willing to just keep going after it and you got to believe in that, that this is what you're
0: supposed to do. And, it's that Midwest uh, attitude we got, right? Uh, it definitely, people in the Midwest know how to work hard, that's for sure. That's true. That's true. Yeah. Well, from one Zion's villain to another, you're the man. Thanks for having me, man. Absolutely. Appreciate Absolutely.